Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Installment of Swinging from the Hip, your place to get your cricket fix and find out what's been going on. I'm Ashwin Ranchard. I'm your host, and my, I'm joined by my fellow presenters, Rohit Ranchard and Taran Nathula. If you weren't here last week, if you weren't here last week, uh, just to go over who we are, Rohit was a first-grade cricketer here in Auckland, played for Grafton Prems and a self-confessed cricket nut. And Taron, well, he played five ODIs for the Black Caps and first-class cricket for a host of um, associations, Auckland, Central Districts, and more recently Northern Knights as well. Myself, I just played a bit of business house cricket, but... More recently, I've been getting out there in the last six years and coaching children's cricket. As I said, that's just a summary. There's more in-depth. If you want to go back to last week's show, you'll be able to see a bit more about us and who we are. Tarrant, Rohit, how are you doing? Awesome. Very good. Awesome. Yes. Good, to, good to be back here. That's good. Good. We will, um, yes. we'll, so just for you guys out there, now remember, we want you to be part of the show as well. So don't forget to get your fingers working and whatever platform you're watching us on, Facebook, or whether you're watching a podcast, so that'll be later, but not now. But if you're particularly on Facebook, comment or ask questions. We can bring you into the show when we get a chance and we can get those comments up and discuss them or even answer the questions if we're able to. As the show develops, we'll have a bit more structure. So this is the second week. We're still playing around with the structure of the show and we'll work with it. This week, we're starting a new segment, and this new segment is going to be back in my day, and that's going to be brought to us by Rohit. So, Rohit, how about back in my day? What happened? Well, good evening, folks. Well, back in my day, I, I don't know, this is probably before my day, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, many, just before my days, yes, uh, Sachin Tendulkar was born in 1973 on the 24th of April. And then um, we've had in 76, on April 25th, India lost a test match to the West Indies. Now, the surprising thing here, you normally need to take 20 wickets to lose a test match, but the Indians, they lost 11 wickets in the entire match. And um, it seemed to be the reason why they only lost 11 was the other nine players succumbed to battery from the West Indies pace attack. Now... That would have been gruesome back then 
from uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be facing those guys, that's for sure. And also, going back, I was just going to say, I'll just butt in there and I'll say, 1976, it's questionable whether they would have had helmets on. Absolutely. That wasn't the test. Um, Sunil Gavaska, oh no, that's a one day game, wasn't it? Oh no, wasn't that the test where um, Gavaska took his team off the field because it was too hostile? Was it that one? I don't know. I don't know. You guys are in that ballpark age figure, not me. Yeah. <laughs> now, like I said, it was back That's before my day. <laughs> I was probably I was, one. I was six. <laughs> In fact, but, I was five because it was April. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh yeah, it could have been interesting. Yeah, I've seen Sunny take a team off in the past, so I don't know if that was the test match. But I thought it might have been the one in Australia. It, um, yes, 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 yes. I do remember him taking a team off in Australia because I'm yes. the old guy here. Yeah. 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 I, I, highlights footages, I remember seeing well, that. Well, so. you were know going to say, he wouldn't have liked playing Douglas Jardine then, would he? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's so, carry on. There we have, you know, the Indians losing that match there. Also, um, 25th of April, this time... 2004, so I was around this time, uh, Zimbabwe, they registered the lowest ODI total of 35 runs against Sri Lanka. I think we've been pretty close to doing it ourselves, haven't we, in the uh, New Zealand cricket teams? <laughs> yeah. I, I went, doing a bit of research on that one, um, we, there was um, uh, quite a few teams that got close, but uh, nobody's actually managed to, to beat that, if you actually do beat a low score. Yeah, or get an even lower score. <laughs> I think you'll get you'll probably get that now because I hasn't ICC made all cricket, which international cricket historically yep, so has second, been associate cricket and affiliate cricket. Yeah, now so the second yeah. the second lowest the second lowest score is thirty six, and that's um, Canada against Sri Lanka. So you're right; yeah, they're now no, um, no, getting. No. Oh. The Canada is in the top. It's almost the cream of the crop when it comes to what is deemed international cricket. Now you've got. Uh, uh, I don't want to pick on a Pacific neighbour. Let's say Sierra Leone, if they're playing against <laughs> Ghana. Yep. That is classed as international cricket. Isn't uh, it second tier international? No, cricket no, still? it's international. I, so if it's T20, all T20 is now deemed international cricket, I believe. I could be wrong, and I'm sure okay. I'd, I'm more than happy to be stand corrected there. But yeah, now using using Taron's latest um, ICC methodology, Simon Hughes in the chat room has just come on and said USA has managed to grab it um, um, from um, playing against Nepal by the sounds of it earlier this year. There you go. So that would that would um, work in with what Taron's saying in terms of uh, those matches. But is that one day cricket or T20? Yes. We, yeah. we need a producer in the background to quickly check. We just need to go. <laughs> Should I quickly Google that one? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to type fast enough. So, yeah, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, you know, you had this two-tier system uh, going on with the top nations and the second tiers, and you're going to get those low-scoring games potentially anyway. Um, so does that really count as a real record? Oh, it is. It's international yeah. cricket. It's country on country, team on well, team. Yeah. You don't mind, it, but it's the statistics are a bit inflated. Like we, before, yeah. 
someone like a Rashid Khan came onto the scene. He was playing, uh, again, he was playing Bermudas and you name it, Surinams and South America and all sorts, right? And his his stats were better than, at some point, probably better than Shane Warne's. But, but, but know, hey, look, look, guys, look, digressing totally from what Taryn's point is there, though, if if we have a chance of some level, who cares where that country is, to take our record of 26 in a test match innings away from us, we're all for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let Sierra Leon take that record if it comes. Exactly. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Sierra Leon. No, no, no. I'm sure Gambia's worse. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But... Um, so Zimbabwe have still got it. So they were the record holders, shall we say, at the bottom end. <laughs> and also moving on, um, we've got here uh, 26th of April this time with Shoab Akhtar. He became the first player to hit 100 miles per hour. Oh, is that right? His previous fastest measure was 99.8 yeah. by Jeff Thompson in 74. Again, back to your time, your errors. <laughs> I was just born in 74, so yeah, I have seen it. <laughs> you might have been born by the time Jeff Thompson bowled that ball too. <laughs> but but it's we like interesting. We were talking about it earlier today, weren't we, Roy? In terms yeah. of the fact is that when you're measuring, even now now that they've got the technology, because one of the things is with Shoukakdab's ball back then, um, ICC didn't um, you know register as an official uh officially over 100 miles per hour because they said that the equipment wasn't up to standard. So even in today's environment, using equipment that's up to standard, when the ball hits the pitch, depending on how far up the pitch it hits, it's going to affect the speed of the ball anyway because it takes a hell of a lot of the pace out of the ball as soon as it hits the pitch. Taryn, you might be able to comment on that. I mean, you wouldn't a Yorker is going to register as a faster ball than something yeah. that's short-pitched and going at the head. Yes, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm no bio, no scientist well, or anything like that, but I think, yeah, there is something. My... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I, yeah, I think you're bang on. There is quite a famous, um, not necessarily a saying, but a chat that you know, like you get at sports clubs. That apparently, Sonel Gavaska said something along the lines of, "Oh, look, had I known the bouncer was the slowest ball coming at me, I would have never left them alone." Because obviously that's what you're alluding to, right? You know, the yeah. shorter it yeah. is, the slower it is off the wicket. Yep, that's it. But a bouncer feels the fastest. So why is that the case? Is it because you should Because it's coming head? at your head. Yeah. Coming at your head. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to show I'm back to 100Ks coming at my head. <laughs> or miles per hour, I should have said. But, you know, it's. Um, I think it's true what you're saying there, Sean. If it's, uh, you know, if the ball's pitched shorter up, the bowler's end of the wicket, shall we say, than the batsman's end of the wicket, you'd have to think once the trajectories, you know, once the ball's land and the trajectory goes, is it going to go um, and take well, off or is it actually just going to uh, do a tennis ball-y type of bounces? Oh, yeah. yep. You know what I mean? So there's, 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 there's multiple factors there, in fact, is because a Yorker is going to travel the least amount of distance, whereas a bouncer is going to travel the longest distance. Well, Hang if you on, think about the other way around, isn't it? No, isn't that the, the other way the, around? A Yorker will travel the least amount of distance. It's a straight line. We've now travelled further distance though. Oh, right. No. If you're pulling the bounces, oh, look, we. Yep. 
Trying to get yep. some really technical territory. There you go. Hang on. We need to get in here. Tassif Sati's just logged in and he yes. I will I think he's got far too much knowledge, so I'm gonna go with him. <laughs> and the speed yep. of the ball picked up off the hand. Yes. Out of the hand. It is, yes, it is picked off the hand, but Taz, tell us. Is it what's what Ashwin, repeat yourself and Taz might have a comment for you. In terms of the pace of the end-to-end pace, so saying what Taz is saying in terms of um, out of the hand, okay, that, that if that's the measurement, but for a batsman, the the a ball that's going straight at his feet on the full is going to come along quicker to him than a ball that bounces halfway down the pitch. Yeah, because it's oh, yeah. it's traveling a further distance. There you go. You got a response there. Oh, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> Get him on the show. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is what are these amateurs? Yeah, I mean, this is amateur hour. Let's let's yeah. <laughs> rubbish. Are we good at that one? Uh, well, thanks, Tussie, for that. That that's, uh, helps us look a bit more professional there with that. Well, there we go. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, that's still bloody quick, to be honest. You know, um, <laughs> being a club cricketer that I was in my heyday. I remember facing some boys out from West Auckland and um, they were probably bowling about 120, 130 and I th- that was quick enough for me, <laughs> you know, uh, let alone trying to face 100 uh, miles an hour. Jeez, there's no way I'd be able to, I'd be swinging by the time the ball's in the keeper's hands. Swinging from the hip, maybe. <laughs> yeah, swinging oh, from the hip. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I suppose we better move along, otherwise we'll run short of time on our yeah. other topics. Yes. No, okay, last point here. So 28th of April, and here we have it, Aussies there again. They've racked up a hat-trick of ODI World Cup victories. And Clive Lloyd, he became the first West Indies player to play 100 test matches, his 100th against the Australians. Now, that the was... Great Clive Lloyd. Yes, the great Clive Lloyd. I was watching a bit of footage there the other day of great Clive Lloyd and some rehashed uh, cricket that they're showing on Sky Sports at the moment. And, um, yeah, I was enjoying that, if I'm allowed to say that. But that's back in the day. Well, right, there's got one. Got... Speaking of back yep. in the day, I would just kind of, thanks to Crick Info, kind of refresh my memory. It was just probably just meets, uh, misses out back in the day by a day. It was that, do you guys remember that Tendulkar's um, stand, sandstorm innings in Sharjah at the Sharjah Cup? No. Was, <laughs> I was about oh, 13 or 14 then, but um, just throw my age out there to show how young I am. But um, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure there was like a sandstorm in the middle of the game and the whole thing had to come to a standstill. It was literally, you've gone off for lightning, you've gone off for bad lighting and lights have come off and we played in Napier. I've been in games where we've had to come out, come off the wicket for too much sunlight because the sun was starting oh. to set. Yep, right. yep. But this yep. one was for a sandstorm. Sandstorm. And yeah, and I, it was 98. I've just looked it up. It was 98. And he, I think he needed, I'm not going to look through the scores to try and just read out what you can find yourself. <laughs> but I remember India needed some, India needed to get a score to get to the final. And he went out there. Yes, he was dropped once. I remember, again, remember really well, dropped by Damien Martin out in the deep, but he absolutely pumped it and got them into the finals. And yeah. then two days later, played Australia again in the finals and then scored another 140-odd and won them the game. That was, again, this 
this time of the year in Sharjah. Wow. Well, okay. So they get another recommendation. Look it up. We'll YouTube it. We'll YouTube it. You might have to. Yeah. Since we've been talking about the pace of bowlers, we've got a question from Stephen Harris in the old chat room there, a friend of the show in particular. And name, can you remember a bowler? Probably Taron probably remember it because he's played more recently than Ruit has. But you too, Ruit. A name, a bowler that actually scared the living daylights out of you while you were at the other end. Well, if the facing him. Good gosh. I remember um, – now, my claim to fame is uh, Andre Adams. So yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story. Um, I remember playing against him in the under-16s, and I was, you know, keeper. And then back then you kept for half a game, and then you go and bowl for the other, you know, bowl a few overs. And I remember him coming out to bat, and I actually got him out. He was furious. So <laughs> – but that was my claim to fame against him. But I remember when we played against the Takapuna team, he cleaned our top order out off the full run-up, then came in off two or three paces and cleaned out the bottom order. And, man, I tell you, he was probably the quickest I'd probably faced. Yeah, there, um, yeah I am. Um, I was 16, playing, just started playing Premier Cricket. And I remember coming across Andre Adams then at Eastdale Reserve. No idea who he was. People. Yeah. Yep. No idea who he was. Really couldn't care. Um, I was just playing. I just so happened to pull one. I got hold of one, and man, he gave me a look. And the next one was quick. But life went on. I got a hand single digits or whatever else. I, I couldn't care less. I got out and moved on. And then two years later, we needed. I think we just needed a handful of runs playing for suburbs in a Premier game. He's playing for Grafton. The whole field is up, and I've made my mind up. If this is up, I'm going to pump him over mid off. <laughs> <laughs> completely aloof to the fact that the fact that mid off and mid on erupt that it's not going to be up. So I've planted forward and he's bowled this rip snorter of a bumper on an artificial at suburbs. I can wonder. Holy <laughs> hell. I'm, th- I'm 36. That's 20 years on. I still remember it really, really well. So, yeah. Did and it clean you the... up or did, you, did it go nah, past nah, you? Nah. Oh, no chance. I've, I've got to about there and I went, oh, don't hit me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Lockie Ferguson, you don't want to face Lockie in the nets. Oh, gosh. No. Oh, right. yeah, you've, obviously, really recently, good. you've had the chance. Yeah, I've played. Well, he's been my, he was my teammate for a few years. Yep. And it was really good when you look at the batting list for the batting plan for the day and you go, oh, Taron, you're paired with Lockyer. Oh, sweet. He's not bowling to me. So that's good. <laughs> uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, look, that's that's great. So that's back in the day this week, um, back in our cricket history and our archives. Thanks for that, Roy, for that as well. Now, moving yeah. on to Taron, who will be giving us a bit of um, what's been happening in the modern news this week. I hear oh. a player has called time on a career. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, this player over over the years as well. I'm sure you've seen that person live a lot. Sana Mir, women's captain of Pakistan. I can't say I've seen her play live or through the highlights reels, but um, quite a you know popular servant of the game. She um, captained 72 times in her 120 audio appearances, um, all to, fifth in the all-time wicket-takers list. And she took just under 100 wickets in T20 games as well. So she's called time. Probably a good time, really, because I don't think anyone's playing any cricket for a wee while. No, mm. nobody's playing. Everybody's no. called 
perhaps um, sort of like a sub um, a time on their career at the moment, sort of thing. So, yes, well, yeah. So I mean, obviously she's done her dash and she's given quite a bit to the game. So you know, well, you know, congratulations I to can... her on on her success. I, I can say I did actually see a bit of her um, recently. Um, in did the... you? Yeah, in the Women's World T20 that was played in Australia. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, very, very, very handy batsman. The, 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 the issue that you've got is that you've got your teams like your Australia's and India that have got quite a proficient squad right through. Um, and then you, you'll come down to even your New Zealand's. I, I'll put into this camp New Zealand's and your Pakistan's and a few others that basically um, they've got some really star players, but they haven't got yeah. the depth through the whole team. So, yeah, you feel like mm. uh, Pakistan sort of and, you know, a few other teams suffer from that. The fact that they've got those players like Sanamir, um, that yeah. they've got that, they have got that X factor. But, you know, you've got to have it through your squad, don't you? You mm. can't just rely I've, on the same players all the time. I've seen women's cricket, but I can't say, yeah, I just, for some reason, you know how you just kind of try and watch different teams because they play a different brand of cricket? Yeah, yep. maybe because we just don't see enough of Pakistan cricket, but I've not seen her in action, so... I'm sure she's a fantastic player. She won um, like the, the whole team's based around the one player type of concept where you got the best player type of thing. No, I think there's a, I think Pakistan's got a bit more to them, eh? Yeah, they've got I mean, about they've more. got about three, four players that um are, are sort of good quality players. Because right. when they yeah, coach they were coached by a KB, weren't they? Mark Coles from Hamilton. Yes, that's he, right. He coached them for a couple of years. I think right. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it must yes, be good if they're getting coached by a Kiwi, eh? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah so, we'll move on to Uma Akmal, who's been in the news as well a bit. Yes. Um, he's had one too many indiscretions, uh, indiscretions, and he's finally found himself in hot water. And this time, it's not just a slap on the wrist. He's, got, he's copped a three-year ban. For failing to report approaches, do you guys think it's a bit harsh? Three years? I, I yeah, look, I think so. It's a bit harsh. Um, we, yeah, yeah, there's no way to say it. It's just like yeah, we don't know all the back end backstory. And um, just just for our um, viewers out there and our listeners, on we're hoping to get somebody in here who's a bit more okay with Pakistan cricket. Um, hopefully on next week that we'll we'll go d- dive deeper into this one here. Um, to get a better understanding, because on the surface of it, when you think he's being approached and he hasn't, he's failed to uh, report it. You have got to think there's there's a few cricketers that will fall fall into that category. Well, yeah, you look like at Shakib Al Hassan, right? He copped one year just for failing to report. Two, so two years, two years, two, but one was suspended, I think. Yeah, right. One okay. year might have been suspended and. Really, he's not missing any cricket because no one's playing any cricket. <laughs> no one's playing, yeah. Well, yeah. So has he been penalised? Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I just thought it was quite a harsh sentence for just a failure to report. So makes me just wonder, is there a bit more to it? And, you know, if you don't have to be a genius to scroll through Google to see that he's got, if you Google Umar Akmal, there's a list of um, issues that have cropped up through be it fitness and challenging and this and that. So it might have just been the last straw that broke PCB. But either way, he's got three years for his um, uh, lack of comms, I suppose. Will that lack be the end of him? Will that be the end of his career? Because how uh, old is he? He's getting up there, isn't 
he's yeah he'd probably be just touching 30s but um he it really depends i think if he gets if he's allowed to play franchise cricket he might stand to make more money anyway he could go to the cpl bpl netwest 100 in south africa and he'll probably earn enough he's 29 at the moment yeah 29 at the moment yeah yeah but if he, if they don't get NOCs, then he's in trouble. Because I do you remember when Mohammed Amir was banned, mm. he went and played club cricket in Norway, and they found out. So he was <laughs> proper indefinite banned. So it really right. comes down to what the you know the fine print is with Uma. But again, yeah, yeah. that's sort of like the um, Aussies being banned um, for paper, you know, sandpaper gate, and they're sandpaper still playing gate. in the minor leagues, weren't they? Well, they they came yeah. back. It was a staged, it was staged type thing. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Whether no, okay. was it actually you know no cricket or no uh, mainstream cricket, but you could still play the lesser levels. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that. Um, from there, Ashwin, you had a point there, didn't you? Uh, the person who was with him was it Umar or Shakib's person? Was Shakib? Yeah, yeah. So the Shakib, um, the Shakib was basically done for a very similar. Um, uh, indiscretion is uh, Umar Akmal in the fact that uh, for not reporting or declaring approaches made to him. The approaches were made by a Deepak Agarwal, who's an Indian businessman out of New Delhi, and uh, he's also been banned. Or his for some for some reason his he's got six months suspended. But the interesting fact is that he actually owns a T10 franchise, the Cindy's. So you know you, you got to think that that's got to be jeopardized, you know, or taken off him as well. Surely, if if he's been implicated in, you know, approaching players, uh, who knows what he's approaching them with exactly? Mm. But um, he's making those approaches to players. There is um, there's a lot of chat with all the downtime the cricketers are going through. This year, there's reports of a lot of chat or chatter amongst um, corruptors or bookies trying to get hold of players through social media at the moment. Yep. And apparently there's invitations, you know, trying to well, kind of invite them out to Maldives and Mauritius to come out post the COVID, you know, the bans to yep. try and get them out there with sponsorship deals. Hmm. Mm. Well, interesting. Yeah. So well, if you, if, and if you get a call to go out yep. to Mauritius, you know, if it's free, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Right. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw one back at you now in terms of something that's just blowing up big time in the last two, three days is the boss, Christopher Gale, having his stoush with his former Taliwa's teammate, Sarwan. What can you tell about it? Tell us about what's going on there, mate. Uh, look, uh, uh, it's unlike him, eh? It's really unlike him to l not lash out, but actually just kind of finally open up he is Mr. Cool. You know, he's, everything he does is cool. Even when he does very little, he's still cool. It's what every, <laughs> almost everybody wants to play their cricket like, really, in my opinion. But, yeah, from what accounts, he's been moved on. There was a transfer window, which, well, not a transfer window, but there was a deadline where teams had to name their players. Reading, scouring through the internet and looking through all the articles out of the Caribbean, he wasn't told. He wasn't told that they, he was surplus to requirements. He's made it clear when he left St. Kitts a couple of years ago and came back to the Talawas that he wanted to finish at home. 
He's obviously Jamaican. He wanted to finish with the Talawas. He wanted to play at the Bayern Park. He wanted to be in Kingston, right? That's who he is. Yeah, yeah, man. He wanted all of that. He couldn't get it. But it, this is a disappointing part. There was zero comms. They kind of just left him out, with out in the cold. He only found out when. Again, it's all out there. It's it's not inside knowledge. This is common knowledge. It's the CPL that understand that he is bigger than CPL, contacted him and said, hey, we don't see your name on the list. Oh. Wow. And he's putting this down to Savan. Savan is the assistant coach. Savan retired. Ramner is Savan. Retired yep, in 2016. These two have been teammates for a long time. Played a lot of cricket for the West Indies. Um, obviously, um, he's not... There was no... Savan, again, you scout through the internet, you read that Savan is an ambitious man. I'm going to sit on Gail's side of the fence on this one. And if Savan's ambitious, Savan is, sounds like, according to Gail, he's making plays to take over the team. If you want to take over the team, you don't need somebody that's bigger than you in the way. So he's tried to sideline Gail. Mm. Russell's just come out and said, it is the weirdest cricket team he, franchise he's played for. Yeah, I saw that come out just before the show. I was reading up a few things. Um, it's just like, and it's just like, how is the team weird? Any ideas? I mean, you played across many teams. Um, you've been around. How can a team be weird? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, you yeah, you played weird any weird, weird Yeah, you come across them weird cats. I'm one of them. Uh, yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to say anything. <laughs> uh, I think, again, it's just things just... that aren't... Maybe it's just... when At that level, and I've never been involved there, it must just be down to transparency. The lack yep. of, or, in this case, the lack of. Lack of transparency and what's going lack on. And a surprise and to the players. Yep. Lack of respect for guys of that stature and not involving them in the conversation. It's probably where they were a bit disappointed. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, he um it's actually really funny. If you guys get the chance, get on YouTube and actually listen to him. He does in his very off. Christopher Gale way, pour his heart out and he calls it and he kind of keeps it to the current climate as well. And he goes, Sarwan's nickname is SARS. Right? SARS <laughs> is COVID <laughs> yeah. um family, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, know, you yeah. are worth Sars, he goes, Sars, you know, Ronnie, Sarwan, Sars, you know, you are the disease, you're worse than the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny. It's, it's, so he's funny. almost, it's, it's, it's interesting you're saying that because it's almost like he's losing his cool a bit there, isn't he? He normally keeps oh, it contained. Man. He keeps the it managed. Deserves, he deserves the respect, I think, and if they were willing to let go of him, they probably should have been up yep. front. Yep. But this is one side of the story. I'm sure Sarwan's got his own version, and I'm sure it's going to be through the Guyanese observer over the next couple of days, because obviously he's from Guyana, he's Jamaica, so, yeah. The conflict. Yeah. Look, and, yeah, well, and then and then basically just um, some more breaking news just before we sort of came to here, sort of come out today from our understanding, is uh, Cricket Australia has just released the contracted players list, and um, I suppose some of these names are expected, some of them maybe not, but... Um, some big names missing there. Kawaja, Stonis, a st senior Marsh um, missing. So what are, what are our thoughts there? Well, I've, I know we've got a former um, Australian 
employee, well, a person who worked for Cricket Victoria and Cricket Australia, tuning in. So I hope he drops in a comment and gives us his insights. Hussain <laughs> Hanif is a Kiwi who's been based out of Australia. He's just come back home. He's actually been in quarantine. So um, <laughs> hopefully he'll give us a couple of thoughts on what he thinks um, about them. But Kawaja has fallen out of favour, eh? He, he's had, he's oh, had a good run. He's had a good yeah. run. He, 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 well, he had his opportunity, I'd say. I'd put it more, the fact that he's had his opportunity. And then you've had a Manus Lubbershane coming along. And, um, geez, the guy's been, kid's been phenomenal, is not he? And um, really taken probably Kwaja's spot. Yeah. You'd have to say, wouldn't you? Well, he gives it up. Was it through a concussion? In the Ashes? I can't remember. Somebody got concussed. And then yep. Lubbershane came on and battered, scored a 50. And then I think he stayed on, maybe. Right. So yeah, he got Okay. Well, he was in the squad, but he yeah, uh, came yeah. playing eleven as a concussion a concussion substitute. Oh, yeah, beyond me, I, I thought he was picked into the team, but yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Usman, he has. I mean, he's one of those guys that you rated quite highly, but underperformed, doesn't he? And results, results wise, and that sort of thing. I mean, he's had the odd game here and there where he's done quite well, but. For a consistency and he's never been consistent. performance, he hasn't, hasn't he? No, 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 he's never been consistent. He's he no. was basically, you know, and we've seen a, a few on our side of Tasman too, hasn't he? It's just like, you know, little, I can't think of a better term. It's not really the situation 100%, but a flat track bully. They, 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 they do really well at that sort of domestic level. They rack up the big numbers, but when they get the old tested in the, in the hot, white hot atmosphere of international cricket, it gets a bit tougher. Um, they were just as we we're talking about that um, uh, concussion sub. Taz yes. has just gone in and popped in saying it was Steve Smith that was hit by Archer. Oh right, they got the that loud uh, love got, oh, got into bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but yeah, I think Usman Kavaja is better than that. Uh, you know, I think yeah. that's not that's a bit unfair on Kavaja. He's a bit better than our first last bully who never quite made it. Yep. Was probably just battled. Is is he one of these guys know. that's always had the axe falling on him, and always thought of always had the pressure of the axe under, Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, he, he's had an extended run. You know, mm. I'd love to look up his stats and go. Oh, I bet you he's probably played thirty odd tests. Um, I have a strong feeling he probably battled in Asia. And Asia is the hotbed for cricket. So if you can't play against spin, you're probably going to fail 50% yep. more than the odds are of yeah, I hear what you're saying. overall yeah. your career. So you're going to struggle from the get-go if you can't play spin. So that's where he struggled. Um, so Nathan Coulter I'm surprised with Nathan Coulter now. If you guys look back to that World Cup, remember that game against West Indies? Australia were 80-odd for five or something? He yep. came out and popped about 80-odd. Right, yes, yes. yeah. Yep. As an all-rounder, batting at eight. Complete yep. saving grace. So, yeah, again, it's hard. I think it's hard on him. But then you've got Pat Cummins and Kane Richardson taking over. So, Yeah, I mean, and, and then, I mean, geez, they've, they've just got so many of the – it's the bowlers and those bowlers can bat. They're not just they're not just doing their job as a bowler. They're doing their job with a bat in hand as well, isn't it? When when the tie, the the side's in trouble, I mean, no, not always, but quite often they'll come out and they'll get some runs, especially in Test match cricket. In the likes of Cummins and the like Hazelwood. 
Not yeah. so much Hazelwood, but more Cummins. Cummins. I've got no, I'm not surprised with Peter Henscombe going. Yeah. Um, Marcus Harris, Sean Marsh. Yeah, I'm not surprised there. Stoyness, perhaps. Stoyness. But again, um, I know. What do you guys think? I just they love Mitchell Marsh. They do. He's, don't got, they? The right, he's got the right last name. He's going to get a lot of chances. <laughs> well, sort of got the right last name, right? Because one Marsh is gone. The senior one's gone. Oh, the other so, one's uh, my age, man. He's done well to hang on to now. <laughs> he's your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he finally yeah, accept, he's finally accepting that he's actually old. Cricketing terms. <laughs> <in Britain. laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, oh he's, he's getting on, right? Sean Marsh, again, he's he's had a revolving door. He's been in and out. Yep, he's been the guy. All guy, and he came back. He'd score in Australia. I don't think anyone would fault him for his runs. I'm pretty sure he scored a lot of runs in Sri Lanka too, possibly. Um, he has, he has. He, he was actually like he's actually scored more away. Sorry, Wade's there was that done well. Wade's come yes. in and done really well in the last twelve months or in the last. And that was one of the questions from um, Hussein was, uh, "What's our thoughts on Wade's selection?" It's like, yeah, no, look, he's. I, I think is um, he's taken his op- opportunities when he's come into selection. Um, you know, there's been a few times where they've been in trouble and he's held the middle order together. Yeah, that's 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 the more recent Wade, right? Wade mm-hmm. in 2012, 2013, in the Caribbean, Wade was the pit bull. He was what David Warner became later, prior pre right. Wade was the guy who was there to rile up the opposition. He was ready to get into a scuffle. He was there in your face attitude with very, very little returns. And then he got bent off because Cricket Australia said, hey, we needed a keeper who can bat and catch, not just talk. And they went, especially catch, and they went for Peter Neville from New right. South Wales for a short period of time. Oh, Peter Neville. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right? He played a couple of games, was really good. And then so Wade, I think, then gave up the gloves for whoever else in Tasmania and then focused on becoming a batter. And kudos to him. To be able to go, hey, I'll give up one, you know, one skill set to focus on the other, and yep. what in your early thirties to try and reinvent yourself, reinvent yourself, mm. yeah, and then to push your way through a sheer weight of runs. So now, awesome. Not necessarily convinced with the way he got peppered by Wagner. Yep, but who hasn't been peppered by Wagner? So that's a different topic. But yeah, yeah, fair play to him. You know, he's well, kind of stuck, hung in there. He's not only go. He's quite happy to hang in there and fight and show a bit of Steve, um, Steve Walsh kind of grit. Grit. The traditional Aussie classic, grit. Classic Aussie battler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll just say, say, yeah. quickly. Oh, yeah, sorry, Rohit, you want to say something? No, you've you got to say he, he battled well against Wagner in that test that you were talking about earlier. So he's held his own, I feel. And, yeah. you know, to turn around at that age and just forget about the gloves and just concentrate on the bat, it, it's... It's a credit to him, I feel. Yep. Well, I'll just quickly race, yeah. roll through the actual, all the contracted players for the 2020-2021 season. So it's Ashton Agar, Joe Burns, Alex Carey, Pat Cummins, Aaron Finch, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Marnus Lubbershane. Lucky I could say that now. I wouldn't have if I hadn't have heard the commentators. Nathan Lyon, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, Tim Payne, James Pattinson, Jai, Rich, Jai Richardson, Kane Richardson, Stephen Smith, might have heard of him, Mitchell Stark, Matthew Wade, David Warner, and Adam Zampa. And that's the uh, complete men's contracts list for 2020, 2020, uh, 2021 
for Cricket Australia. So we're moving along now. Uh, we're going to just go into one of our topics. And last week we sort of we, we talked about the effects of COVID-19 on cricket, which is basically the same effects it's, it's had on most sports. Not so much down in our part of the world because our seasons were coming to an end. But there's some issues obviously coming out of uh, COVID-19 and, and how that's going to change the, the face of sport and how it Im and impacts sport in general. And one of the things that's going to impact our game is health and safety in regards to um, ball tampering, for want of a term, want of a phrase. And that's obviously over the years, a sweat and spit used to maintain the ball to, to make sure that the batsmen don't have it all their way. So um, what initially, I mean, like, I've got a few sort of um, players that are in the game that have had their comments regarding what they believe. Initial thoughts, boys, in terms of um, changes to illegalizing ball tampering? Well, Taryn, let's start with you because you're Taren, a bowler. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, although you're a spinner, you're still looking, the, the team's still looking to you to maintain the ball while you're bowling as well, aren't they? Hey, um, I'm a spin bowler in New Zealand. My job, yep. the bulk of my job is shining the ball. You don't get to bowl for a long, long period of time. You know, yeah. up until about January, Feb. You're lucky to get a handful of overs thrown your way, you know, pre-lunch, couple with thrown tea. That's that little yeah. violin going here. And no, 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 I'm going back to the I'm going back to the ball maintenance as part of my job. Yeah. Yep. So you, your, your, your job. role. Your role is yeah, to look yeah. after so, the ball. Um I don't know. Look, firstly, it's not ball tampering, it's ball maintenance. It's, I yep. think another, that's what it's going to go to now. It's ball maintenance. I don't know. I know it's going to have a very big effect on yep. how, um, what what it's going to do to the ball. Um, yep. So it's it's going to be really tough for the seamers. And I, I'm kind of stuck with solutions. I know people are out there talking about possibly like a, like a handkerchief, right? Like a cloth. Like, you know, when there's a wet ball, you have a dry cloth. Mm -hmm. There's talk of possibly you get, uh, uh, you're allowed to have a cloth that's got a bit of sheen on it and you buff your ball up on that. Yep, that's right. That's possibly your options. That's one of the options, option one of the options. yeah. Yeah. Rui, what are you... I, yeah. Oh, sorry, Karen, well, Karen. No, no, that's it, that's it. Yeah. I suppose it's... it's um, it'll have an impact for the... The bowlers won't it in the sense that um, when it comes to reverse swing, I suppose, because they're relying on one side of the ball to be heavier, aren't they? I mean, I'm no bowler, but that's what the that's what the science is, isn't it? Behind having the reverse swing going and that sort sapping of thing. the ball, sapping the yeah. ball on one side, yeah, to get it heavier. So, you know, not being able to spit and use your sweat on that ball might have that type of impact, unless what you're saying there, Taryn, is if they can use a damp cloth um, and maybe try and um, soak the ball that way a little bit. But will that mean, if I, if I don't come up with something like that, the reverse swing could be out of the game? Yep. Right. Yep. And I know yep. Lane's put it out there saying, um, Lane Shepard, um, Listening in, it's just put out saying the balls probably need to be changed every 55 overs. Yeah, so, yep. That's and I agree. Look, yes, look uh, maybe they need to shorten from 80 overs for a ball change to a lower amount of overs. Yeah, so the 55, 60 overs. Yeah, but what does mm. that what does that do to the spinners then? 
You're the you know? polished ball you just told us. <laughs> you can't polish the ball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and he just have to his up. and get his handkerchief off and then do that. Um look, I, I just wanted to say something. This is like as Terence alluded to and and you know the fact that I'm a lot older than these guys, and um I remember when I first started watching test cricket in particular, and you know, that ball was a ruin at the end of 80 overs. It was an absolute ruin. And then you'd watch cricket these days. And it's just like at the end of 80 overs, it's in bloody good Nick. One side's still usually shiny, unless there's concrete terraces that it's been going into, but there's not many of those left. So it's, it's, it's actually an interesting how the, the evolution of the maintenance of the ball in the game, where you go back to where I said I started watching test cricket in the 70s, and that ball would have part of the seam falling apart and you know threads coming off and etc. It's 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 a very soft um cricket ball by the end of 80 overs back in the 70s. These days, yeah, it's a very well maintained ball because the spinners are looking after it so well. Mm. The balls have also come a long way though, eh? The technology, right? Developed technology, the technology, yeah, okay. Um, a few years ago. I'm sure I'm happy to stand corrected here, but I they used to be hand stitched, the stitching, the yes, they did. and yep. then they moved to uh, machine stitch, right? And apparently that changed some of the ball performance as well. So back then, there's a lot got... more precision with the you know the hand stitch. Yeah, because I remember a story. I don't know whether this is true or not, but you know, before a test match started. Um, the the Richard Hadley would get a box of balls and he would go through and count the stitches on the ball, um, and, and, and the one that had the most stitches on it is the one that he would use and start the game with. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Whether that's a you know urban myth sort of thing or not, I don't know. But you know, in terms of what you've just said, it seems logical, doesn't it? If you're getting a hand stitch ball, which is going to be random, that you'll go through and try and find what you believe mm. to be the best presented ball. Um, that yeah. will be beneficial for you. I know there's some theories around, and I'm I'll, I'll try and do a bit more due diligence on this. But um, I, I can't remember who it was who told me. But you can pretty much get these cricket balls, this top end cricket balls. You can put them out in the sun, mm-hmm. and you get them to bleed in a certain way, or like just with the sun, and you can get it yep. to start cha- altering its performance from the get go. So you can put it one side, get the heat on it, heat on it, and then you can start playing around a bit, and I'm. I yeah, think I think Taz had told me because he knows a lot about cricket and Taz cricket here and balls. Yeah, Taz. Um, yeah, and we spend a lot of time talking cricket, so I'm probably him <laughs> who told me. <laughs> Just in the chat room, Tassif saying that um, the Dukes are still hand stitched, and I, I believe that the Dukes are. I, I remember seeing a documentary recently where I saw them actually still being um, hand stitched. So mm. I, I think that they still 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 the case. Still the case. Look, um, just going through the views around the world, so to speak, on this topic, that Simon Dool, basically, who started this whole thing off, or, or you know, was at the start of it anyway, believes that if you take the old spit and polish away, you have to replace it with something to maintain the ball. Um, you've got Den- uh, David Warner, um, who, along with uh, Michael Holding and Wakar Yunus, um, who believe what is there to change? Uh, why are they stopping spit and polish? David Warner just basically sees no reason to stop spit and polish. But Michael Holding and Weka Yunus going, well, if they're going to be putting biosecurity measures in place, surely you've taken the risk 
of contamination away so you can allow spit and polish to happen because you've still got the ball going from hand to hand and therefore transmission happening if the person's got it. So they've got a valid point there. Um, but if they were to um, to, to make um, spit or sweat on the ball illegal, then um, you know, Alan Donald having the, 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 the opposite view and, and totally the opposite. He's saying legalize it. It happens anyway. There's ball tampering of various sorts going on anyway. You know, when the ball's getting thrown in from the boundary, you're trying to bounce it in, one bounce in. The umpire's saying to the boys, keep it up, boys, keep it up. But who listens to that situation? You're throwing it in to get it on the, on the bounce so that you can scuff the ball up a bit, right? Once you once you go down that road, though, it's like first you legalize yep. marijuana, right? And then you yep. then what? It becomes the norm. You got yep. and what next? You move to pee, and then you move to glue. Everything starts to become legalized. People yes. are always going to look for that one percent, that extra edge, right? So yep. I don't know if that's the right way to go. Plus, it's a bit of a knack. It's a skill. Not you know, if you can't legalize it, if you don't, yeah, you can do it. But you're allowed in professional sport to push the boundaries without all yep. pushing the rules without breaking them and that's what these players are good at the top end guys know how to do it yes throw it subtly yes. you know throw it subtly shine it away the guys in pakistan they are fantastic we used to we had a wonderful overseas player not the season gone the year before junaid and um, junaid masood he was an absolute magician with an old ball you could give him an 80 year old ball 90 year old ball and he would get it to sing yeah, and you can put that in any domestic player's hands. He'd be like, "Ah, ew, I'm not blowing bowling with this." <laughs> again, that's a skill. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting right? what you Those get out of the tools of your trade, and yeah, when you can't afford brand new balls all the time, they get used to working with the tools they have. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, you know, Ten Dennis Lilly came out with the fact that it's just like, well, they used to have the woolen shirts back in their day, so he used to actually apply lanolin. Which, um, for those that don't know what lanolin is, lanolin is a naturally occurring um, um, moisturizer on wool. So you don't when you obviously when you manufacture a shirt that's a woolen-based shirt, you haven't got the lanolin on it. It's been washed, etc. But he used to reapply lanolin on the shirt, and then you'd take it's as it. It's a moisturizer, so you just basically use your fingers to wipe on your shirt, and then you put it onto the ball. Oh. So this, you know, and that comes back to like if you did go away from the old sweat and spit, you're really looking at the umpires holding a cloth, and it's going to have some sort of wax or polish embedded into the cloth that they're using to do the maintenance on the ball. Canterbury, Canterbury clothing, Canterbury clothing yep. came up um, probably in 2010, 19, around that time. They had these white cricket trousers, aren't uh, the black ones to be on? The black caps used to wear them. They had like a black sheen on the backside of the trousers where you're meant to shine the ball. And right. it was meant to aid with sliding because it's that it had that slick look. And you could also shine the ball on it. And I'm sure um, clothing manufacturers will come up with things where it, uh, the material will aid buffing the ball up without having to put um, spit and shine, I reckon. Well, you know, we've seen that in the other sport that I follow, which I, you know, in terms of rugby, is that it's not just a shirt that you put on. There's all the technology that goes into development yeah. of a rugby jersey. And as you say, this is like that's where now the jersey manufacturers, the kit manufacturers are going to come in and say, okay, how can we assist um, the team that we're supplying with technology to maintain the ball? On that yeah. note, fun fact, right? Yeah. During the 2019 Cricket World Cup, 
Sri Lankan cricket shirts were fully recycled. What they washed them and used them again? No, the fully nah fully recyclable uh, materials. Materials, materials, right, right, right. right. All the shirts. Yep, yep. That's been happening um, a bit recently. Um, Just in the Super Rugby, the uh, New Zealand franchises they had an alternate strip which was made from plastic drip bottles. So the um, for Steve in the old chat room, their Coke bottles were recycled and turned into rugby jerseys. But oh, I cool. just want to know. I mean, yes, you get, get the like material. The material and the clothing can improve in that to buffer the ball up. But I mean, that's only going to help keep the um, ball protected, right? It doesn't help to um, vary the the weight, the weight of the ball. Weight distribution. That's right. And that comes back to that reverse swing that you mentioned that's, earlier that's in the right. piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I'm sure it's happened in the past where people have probably had sunscreen in their pocket or something like that and applied that. I don't that. think that works. I, I, again, not a fast bowler, but I don't know if sunscreen works. Right. That's why, remember, Michael Atherton had that, um, he had dirt to try and yes. rough it up. Yeah. Um, they've used Vaseline in the past. Yeah. Yep. Um, lollies, lollies, yeah, Mentos, Faf Duplessis, Mentos, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is great because this like actually leads us. And for those in the chat rooms and watching, listening on podcasts, what we would like to do actually is to to get some um, experts and areas coming. So we will look to try and get a fast bowler and to um, that we can sort of talk about fast bowling techniques and you know. Going from how to bowl faster to we can talk about ball maintenance and how you can do reverse swing, etc., like this, that. So that'll be great as well. We should try and get Ian O'Brien on the show. He's been quite prominent in that space. Remember Ian O'Brien? Yeah, yeah, I know Ian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to see. In the UK. Mm. Yeah, what's that through? It'd be interesting to see yeah, exactly what those guys would think when it comes to that. Um, yeah. spit and polish versus rubbing it on your shirt that's going to keep the ball protected and maintained. Imagine you know? coming up with something like a hand sanitizer that also doubles up as shining the ball. Shining the ball. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There's a business opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Someone can get onto that one. A shop full of Indians with a business opportunity. Yeah, that's a bit stereotyped. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, we'll move it along because we're running out of quickly running out of time. And I'd like to get onto this because this is a good, great little topic, and it's really interesting because England could end up playing their season out in Abu Dhabi. Do um, so, Abu Dhabi Cricket has contacted uh, ECB um, about an opportunity to to host not only internationals out there, but the county championships, and I assume the the hundred as well. Uh, which is their version of the IPL or T20 match uh, championship. What do you reckon, guys? England to the Middle East. Well, yeah. Middle East, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it wasn't I the first a... time they went out there. No, no, I reckon it's a good idea, isn't it? Cause, you were saying yeah. I turn up next? Oh, no, wait, they're already there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good idea if, if if that means that the boys can get out of the park and play. Um, why not? It also helps grow the game, I feel. And the local, you know, the locals in the area that are into cricket get to see other players. Yeah, yeah. Taryn? Um, I I think yeah. They I read something about David White talking about you know sport being a um like cricket community. It's a 
it is a community it's a global community and we're as lucky as we were they are bearing the brunt of not being able to play sport and people i don't for a lot of punters it's like oh well it's only a game of cricket you know there's a bigger picture at heart yes yes if you look beyond that point there's livelihoods at stake mm. and, and mm. it's long-term repercussions as well so the game has to be played at some point and if and yep. when we get to a safe situation the longer they can play their cricket and fulfill their broadcasting commitments the better off english cricket will be and if everybody knows the health of english cricket and indian cricket is very important and australian cricket is very important to world cricket to the international yeah right yep you know so New Zealand cricket's put their hand out. Supposedly, Australia's offered that. Um, Dubai, Abu Dhabi. So oh, they've got options, and yep. but they're going to, have to charter flights. There's going to be a lot that would need yeah, to look, happen. Yeah, there, there's, there are issues. There are hurdles in the way. Obviously, there's um, players' unions or associations that would the discussions have to be helped because players are going to be leaving their families for. Um, extended uh, amounts of time to play in the UAE if they went there or if they come to New Zealand or Australia. Um, I think you can, lockdown, they'd be happy to go, wouldn't they? Yeah, they'd be happy to go. But, I mean, like it's like what we're seeing in a few other sports too is that it's they want to play. Let's, let's not get yeah. the, you know, they all want to play. But they are cognizant of the fact is that how long am I going to be away from my family? Now, you're a single guy that's... Um, playing international cricket you probably don't have too many issues you're um an older older player that's got two young kids back at home with the wife then maybe you know six months away things start to become a bit of an issue so i, I suppose it will there's still a, a it's not it's not an insurmount none of these are insurmountable hurdles but i think there's still hurdles that need to be mm. i's dotted and t's crossed so to speak because there's the other ones are um uk government permission to leave the country um and then there will be a little bit, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it this way, but at the end of the day, I don't really think this is a problem. But a glut of games out of the UAE or out of New Zealand or out of Australia, you know, you're gonna have a lot of content. I don't believe that that's an issue. You got you've got um, audiences globally that are gonna set that up, and obviously the obvious ones, India. The time, uh, yeah, I, I think if they can space it out, if they can space it out, you know, if a game is happening in Abu Dhabi and a game in New Zealand. You're for all Australia. You're fine because the time difference um, just kind of caters for it. So you pretty much can have 24 hours of cricket without having to have switch channels and pick and choose. Yep. Um, yeah. So I I really hope like I hope the English and uh, Western this series goes ahead. They probably should just throw it out to the Caribbean and just get it played out there. Right. You know, and get that started, and then go to UAE and whatever else. I can't see the hundred going ahead. What's yep. the point yeah, of yeah, starting yeah. a ridiculously ridiculous competition with no English punters <laughs> to support it? That's it. That's it. I mean, like, it, yeah, I, I think the hundred is going to be a casualty of COVID nineteen. Um, it'll be cancelled this year. They'll go ahead with it in twenty twenty one. Also allows them one of the things that we talked about in the morning sports briefing. Um, also here on um, New Zealand Sports Radio is that if they go by not going ahead with the hundred this year, it saves the ECB a lot of money. Because they won't have to pay out on to the players on that, mm. and they and that's a Ashwin, um, Nicholas Poran, and one other Keshav Maharaj have had yep. their contracts cancelled with Yorkshire. 
So you're going to find a situation where there's going to be no overseas players in county cricket, and which is fine. You know, that's one more position for an English player. So things should, things will just work out. But if they do go to neutral cricket, I don't think it's it ha- it has happened in the past. You know, like yeah. you've had Singapore's yeah. hosted India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka. I don't know if you guys remember in the mid '90s, Toronto hosted the Friendship Cup between India and Pakistan, five games yeah. every year. Sarah Ganguly got two fifers. <laughs> yeah, you know. Was that on a, a mat for a wicket? <laughs> no, no, grass wicket. Gra- absolutely. It was basically like the New Zealand wickets of 2001 when India visited. It was just hooping around corners. Look, we're, we're nearly out of time. But I, I just sort of like, because I'd love to see England play, whether it's, I'd love to see some county championship games played in New Zealand. I don't think it'll happen. But if they did, if we did get lucky and we got something coming to New Zealand, realistically speaking, it'd only be Lincoln, wouldn't it? No, Mount, Mount, Mount. You get, yep. because you could play, you could base yourself at the Mount and get on a bus and go to Hamilton. What, ninety minutes? No, 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 not even that. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's mm-hmm. go call it ninety minutes and anyway. You, yeah, you could, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hamilton, go to the Mount, and go to Auckland. Yep. Yep. You know, I'm sure there's probably some stadiums and uh, some decent um, cricket pitches in Rotorua. Well. to the Cantabs, man. Keep some up in North Island, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 they got the the saviors of cricket and all that, you know? Auckland's yeah. good. Yep. But Auckland's great. Two hours away. Yeah. <laughs> they might the have three hours away, but... Yeah. Away. And obviously the other logical place that, um, I mean, is it... Let's let's hold it around Auckland or it's just out of the in the out of the mount. But Queensland's another one because we've seen quite a few New Zealand teams actually as a warm up um, tournaments almost in the winter go over to Queensland to play games. So good venues, good venues, venue, and all year, pretty much all year round, really. Yep, and in fact, winter is the optimal time to play um, any sport in the north of Queensland because summer is um, t- um, cyclone season. Yeah, and that's when they have the rainy season. Mm-hmm. It's actually the winter is the settled time, so it's and they're not going. If they if they come all this way out, you know, you'd think from with your business hat on, you'd probably take the Queensland one because they've got enough grounds. They've got great weather. You know, the weather almost is guaranteed over there. Yeah, so they've probably have unfortunately they probably have a bit more options. What about our yeah. Perth? I don't know. Never been out there. Never been out there. <laughs> Because that's the same sort of thing too, isn't it? Whether all, all year round cricket, you'd think over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, not mm. too bad. Not too bad. It's just a case of the facilities, I suppose. But that's I it. assume pretty much everywhere in Australia would um, uh, would have uh, de- decent grounds e- everywhere, wouldn't they? They just seem to. Uh, I was talking to. I was. I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been one of you guys. This is that um, some of the um, school. Um, Schools have better, better grounds in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, that's England. England schools, yeah. England yeah. schools, yeah. Oh, well, guys, hey, look, mm-hmm. um, we, we better wrap it up now. Um, otherwise, we could waffle on forever, couldn't we? We, we okay. love talking the sport. We could. <laughs> look, um, just uh, to the our people that are listening um, in, the, in the chat rooms, listening live, listening on the podcast, New Zealand Sport Radio, look, we've got a lot of shows happening. You've got the Hash Rugby Chat Show on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock. You've got Do You Know Your Sport? That's on at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night. And if you want to be on that show, look, drop us a DM or drop us an email or contact us in some way. Let us know. 
even in the chat room. We'll come back to you and get you on your show there, and um, you'll be competing against another team for the ultimate prize, bragging rights. So we've got that. We'll obviously go out swinging from the hip on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, and also keep an eye out for the long chat, which is generally broadcast at about 2 o'clock during the week. And if you like subscribe like do all those sorts of things and share make sure you share new zealand sports radio and that'll come through on your facebook feeds to no give you a notice on when these things podcast. are popping up and what time What's and that? the podcast and the podcast yes make sure you download those podcasts and give give them a listen and uh get that happening so look everybody that has been in the chat rooms taryn rohit thank you very much for joining us tonight and we'll leave you and see you again at the same time, same place, Thursday, 8 p.m., right here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.